Well, I tell you what, there's a whole lot of things that we can't do, uh, but there's one thing we can all do is pray. And, you know, it just seems like that's the thing that uh, we do the least of. And uh, so we just need to pray. I tell you what, we, if, if there's any day in, that we need to pray is today. Ah, we're in awful shape. All right. If you will, take your Bible tonight and turn to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 17. When you find your place, uh, stand to your feet. I'm going to read one verse, and then I'm going to go back to verse number 1 and bring us up to where we started from. You know how they do sometimes in these uh, television shows or these made-for-TV movies? that They'll start you off at the end and then go back and bring you back to where uh, it started. Well, that's a little bit what we're going to do tonight. I want us to see some things, but I want us to look at one verse to begin with, and then we'll just see what the Lord has for us. You pray and just ask God to uh, help us tonight to get out what uh, God's put in me, in my heart, uh, the way He would want it uh, presented tonight. First uh, Samuel chapter number 17 and verse number 40. Very familiar portion of Scripture. Uh, story of David and Goliath. Of how God used David mightily and how he slew that giant. Verse number 40. The Bible says, He took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook. And he put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a script. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. With the help of the Lord tonight, for a few minutes, and you pray and ask God to use the message, I want to preach on this thought. God has a stone for you. <laughs> God has a stone for you. Let's pray. Father... We thank you so much for this evening. Thank you for allowing us to come together. Lord, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts right now. Lord, as we look at your word, God, see how you uh, moved in days gone by. And Father, we're so thankful that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You change not. And God, what you did in David's life, God, you can do in ours as well. Lord, we trust you. We love you. We're so thankful that you never leave nor forsake. And God, you're right on time. Lord, help us right now. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. God has a stone for you. Uh, uh, several weeks ago, I was uh, out at the buses. I, I go out there every Monday or Tuesday. And I, I collect the uh, reports for the buses for that Sunday, and I bring them back, and, and I do a report for the, for the pastor. Well, as I was walking between the buses, getting the reports, I happened to look down, and uh, I found something that was very unusual. Uh, when we did this building, we uh, used, uh, it wasn't gravel that we uh, put around behind the building, it was busted up concrete. Uh, the Tuckers, uh, I don't know, it's one of the places they were tearing down, uh, whatever, they, and they got that crushed concrete, and we used that as the uh, driveway. And if you walk around there, that's all you see. Just busted up brick, busted up pieces of concrete, and, that, and that's all it is. But I happened to look down, and there was a smooth stone. Just one smooth stone, uh, kind of brownish, greenish color. And uh, I thought, boy, that's unusual. And I reached down and, and picked that stone up, and I put it, placed it in my hand. And I noticed something about that stone. It fit my hand perfectly. It just like it was molded for my hand. And I thought, boy, isn't that something? And so I, I put it over in my other hand, and guess what? 
Now, I don't know how that works, but it fits this hand as well perfectly. A smooth stone. And I got to thinking about that scripture, about uh, chapter number 17 in the book of 1 Samuel, about David and how he went down that brook and he got those five smooth stones. And God placed this message upon my heart. God has a stone for you. That particular day when I was going down through there, I had a whole lot to do that day. Uh, it just seems like I, I was becoming overwhelmed with all the... You ever have so many uh, irons in the fire, you just about don't know what to do. You know, which one am I going to put out first? And uh, that's about the way that day was. And when I picked that up, God impressed upon my heart that uh, scripture and that God can take care of every problem. He can work out any situation. And he has a stone for us. He had a stone for David. And he had a stone for me that morning as I picked up. And, and I've kept that thing. And I, it's on my desk. And every once in a while, I'll just reach up and I'll get that thing. And I'll put it in my right hand. And it fits perfectly. And I'll switch it over to my left hand. And that thing fits perfectly. No sharp corners. No rough edges. That thing is perfectly smooth. I don't know where it came. God placed it there for me. So I would remember that God's able and that God will meet every possible need that we have. Go back to chapter number 17, verse number 1, and I'm going to begin reading in verse number 1 and bring us back up to verse number 4. You say, Preacher, are we going to be here all night? No, I'm going to talk fast and you listen fast, and then when we get to verse 40, I've got about four or five points and we'll be done and go to the house, but I believe God wants us to look at this tonight. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shoko, which belongeth to Judah and pitched between Shoko and Azekah in Ephes Damim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. That word Elah uh, means evergreen tree. That was down in the valley, down in a place that uh, uh, had evergreen trees, if you will. Uh, a place that should have had life in it, but it had become a place of death as these two armies had uh, 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 butted heads, if you will. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on the one side and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side and there was a valley between them and there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath whose height was six cubits and a span. This was a big old rascal. He was nine foot, six to nine inches tall. Uh, I ain't no telling what his weight was, but he was a big fella here, their champion. And it said, in, uh, and he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. That's 125 pounds coat of mail. He had to be a big rascal to be able to wear that thing and move around. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass or a breastplate between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spear, spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, 15 pound uh, head on that uh, spear. And one bearing a shield went before him. And he stood and he cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come out to set your battle in array. Am not I a Philistine and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. 
And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. He didn't defy the armies of Israel. He defied Almighty God that day. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and he had eight sons. And the man went among men of an old man in the days of Saul. He was a man of high esteem in that day. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle. And the names of the three sons that went to battle were Eliab the firstborn, and next unto him Abinadab, and the third Shammah. And David was the youngest, and three eldest followed Saul. So these three older boys, they went to battle, went to war against the Philistines. But David went in return from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. It said he returned. Remember, he was over at the palace. He was playing the harp for old Saul when the evil spirit would be upon him. So he left. When they went out to fight. He went back home to tend the sheep uh, there for his father uh, Jesse. And uh, in the verse 16, the Philistines drew near uh, morning and evening and presented themselves 40 days. They was out there a long time uh, in the battle, setting it in array. And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn and these ten loaves and run to the camp to thy brethren. So Jesse gives David a command. It was Jesse's order, not David's. David didn't just say, I think I'll just go down there and see what's going on. He was obeying his father's will. He told him, he said, you go down there, you take this corn, you take these loaves and carry these uh, ten cheeses under the captains of the thousands and look how thy brethren fare and take their pledge. He said, you go down there and you carry this food to them and you find out how they're doing and uh, you take a pledge. Uh, make sure everything is all right. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Eli, Elah fighting with the Philistines and David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper. I just want to stop and add a little, little side note on that thing. He didn't leave everything in a jerk. How many times do we quit on God and leave things in a jerk? Oh, well, the preacher can find somebody else to do that job. They probably can. God's got many folk that can help. But we ought not ever leave things in a jerk. Whatever we're doing, if we God calls us to something else, boy, we ought to Make sure everything's taken care of. David, he made sure somebody was watching those sheep. He just didn't leave them out there by, and you just got that for free. That was just a little side note. And took and went, and uh, as Jesse had commanded him, and he came to the trench as the host was going forth to fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army, and David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage, or he left all his, uh, uh, the food and all the things that he had brought, and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spoke according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. They're scared half to death of this great big old fellow. And the men of Israel said, Have ye seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel he has come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him 
Uh, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. You say, what is he talking about there? That means you're going to be tax exempt. Wouldn't that be good? Uh, if you do something for the government and, they, and they, you don't have to pay tax no more. I uh, wonder what we could do. Nothing. So you can just forget that. But anyway, let's get back to uh, where we was at. Oh, free in Israel, verse 26. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killed this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David and said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down that thou might see the battle. He said, All oh, you came down here to just to see the fight. That's all you wanted to do. And who have you left those sheep with back there in, in, on the field? And David said, what have I done? Have I now done? Is there not a cause? He said, fellas, is there not a cause? There's a cause in America today. I'm telling you what, we got some giants coming up against this nation. And if somebody doesn't stand up and do battle with the giants, they're going to overrun and overtake America, the land that God founded on His precious Word and the principles uh, in this precious Word of God. Uh, he said, Is there not a cause? And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. He said, Fellas, y'all don't get scared because that big old rascal. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go up against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. He said, Look, you just a little scrawny teenager. You're not going to be able to fight this big old rascal. He's been a warrior all his life, and, and you're just a little shepherd boy, little scrawny, ruddy little fella. Uh, how in the world? And he said, you're not going to be able to do that. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. David got to remembering those past victories that God had given him. He remembered that lion. He remembered that bear. How he had uh, 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 had victory over those when they came and stole the lamb out of the flock. But you know, a lion and a bear in our life is nothing more than a God's opportunity in disguise. He has opportunities for each one of us if we'll just step up and uh, to the bat, if you will, and do what needs to be done. David said, I remember those victories God gave me. In verse 35, and I went out after him and smote him, talking about the lion and the bear, and delivered him out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and I beat the devil out of him, and I wrung his neck, and I wrung his bell, and I slew him. That was just a uh, 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 what do you call that? The uh, unabridged version, praise the Lord. He did. He whooped him. He remembered how God had helped him. Little old scrawny teenager. How many teenagers do you know is going to go up against a great big old bear and a big old lion and beat him half to death with his fist? Strangle him or whatever it took. Hey, 
He said he, he caught him by his beard and he smote him and he slew him. And the servants slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he had defied the armies of the living God. He said, I'm going to whoop him too. I'm going to whoop him too. He's talking about my God. I tell you what, it ought to upset us when somebody talks about our God. When somebody uses the name of our God in vain, it ought to upset us. But I'm afraid we just, well, whatever. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. Okay, you got that for free too. Praise the Lord. <laughs> hey Amen. Where are we at now? I done forgot. Uh, and slew him. Uh, defied the living God. In verse 37, And David said moreover, The Lord uh, that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. He said, All right, go on out there and have at it. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put on a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail, and David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I can't go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off. Saul, he was going to try to help him out. Saul was going to try to give him some things that would help him. And he put a big old helmet on his head, put his armor on him, coat of mail, put his sword on him. And I can imagine the sight. He put his stuff on. And Saul was a big fella. Remember, he was head higher than anybody there in Israel. And he put that on that little old scrawny teenager. He probably couldn't even walk. He probably couldn't even move. He said, King, I can't do this. He was trying to uh, arm him with the things of this old world. We'll never have victory in the battles for the Lord if we're armed with the things of this old world. We don't need the armor of this old world. We need the armor that God has given us. Over there in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. That's where we need to be in America today. Stand therefore. God has given us an armor. God has given us what we need. We ought to stand having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We have one offensive weapon, and that is the Word of God. And we ought to be armed with the things of the Spirit, uh, heavenly things. David, he said, I cannot do it. I can't go these things. They're, they're just too much. I need, I can't do it. And, and he put them off. And then verse 40. Hey, we're back to where we started. And that didn't take long, praise the Lord. So the rest of it's not going to take long either. I've got about five or six points I want us to see about God has a stone for you. He had a stone for me that day to remind me of what kind of God we serve? He's a mighty God. He's a powerful God. He's a right on time God. He's a great God. Amen. <laughs> Verse number 40. And he took his staff in his hand. That was his walking stick. That's what he used to help him along the rough way. That's what he used to help guide those sheep along the rough way. Mm. 
That's what he used to correct them every once in a while. Give them a little tap and get them back where they need to be. He took that staff. That was something that he was used to, that God had given him a tool that God had given him to use, and he was familiar with that. He took that staff in his hand, and he chose five smooth stones out of the brook. Number one, God has a stone for you, and that stone is positioned God knows exactly where we're at. He knows exactly what we need. And He has, if you will, a stone for every circumstance, every struggle, every trial in our life. He's already got it ready. He's got it positioned. He had those stones down in that brook, and they were ready. <clears throat> they were positioned because He knew that David was going to have to have them. <laughs> they were positioned. Now, you say, well, preacher, why did he get five of them? Well, he got five of them because there was five of them big old giants. Goliath, he had four brothers. But I also believe that that number five is the number of grace. <laughs> and he knew that David, that little old scrawny teenager, was going to need a double portion of grace. He knew he was going to need some help. And he had it positioned, and all he had to do was go down to the brook. That word brook, I got to looking at that brook, the, the meaning of that word. That, uh, that word brook means a stream in the valley. <laughs> Remember, they, they were down in the valley of Elah. That place that should have been a place of evergreen, of life, but it had become a place of death and destruction. But there was a stream down in that valley. God has got a stream in our valleys if we'll just pay attention and look for it. And down in that stream, God had five smooth stones. But it didn't take five. It just took one. It was positioned. He said he took his staff and he, chew, and he chose him out, five smooth stones out of the brook. Number two, that stone was picked. Now, if David had not went down to the valley, if David had not went down to the stream, the brook, he wouldn't have found the stone. Hey, if I wasn't out there doing what I was supposed to be doing that day, uh, out there, and, and y'all ever get to mumbling to yourself? Y'all ever get to talking to God? God, I'm telling you what, I just, I about done had it. I just, you know, this ain't doing right, and that's not doing right, and I don't know what, how am I going to do all these things, and Lord, and, and you know, y'all ever do that? Oh, yeah, I know you do. You, you do. We all the same. We complain and bellyache and whine. We do. Hey, but God's got what we need. If we'll just look. He went down there. He had to pick those stones out. If he didn't go down to the brook and get them, he wouldn't have got them. And that would have been a rough day. Without that stone that God had positioned, that stone that God had prepared, hey, he, he'd have had a hard day that day against this nine-foot, six-inch uh, great big old giant that was coming against him, little old teenager. So it was positioned, it was picked. He chose him five smooth stones. But not only that, let's look, keep on looking down a few more verses, and there's another point I want us to see. He picked them out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, uh, even in a script, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the, Philist to the Philistine. And the Philistine came out and drew near unto David, and the man that bare uh, the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. He said, Dagon curse you. Dagon curse you. 
Hey, he, you just a little squirt. And you come to me with a stick? He said, am I a dog that you come after me uh, here in this place? And uh, so he just got to cursing him. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. He said, come on, buddy. Come on, I'll show you something, little teenager. You just come on. Just come on. I got something for you, little teenager. And you know, that's what the stinking devil tell y'all. Y'all come on. You think you're going to do something. You think you're going to go to a youth congress and get some help. You think you're going to do something for the Lord. Yeah, you just come on. I got something for you. You come on. I got something. That's the, what the devil wants us to think. God's got a stone. <laughs> Look at here. Verse number 43. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. He said, now listen to this then. He said, This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee and will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistine this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. He said, you think you're going to do that to me? Huh, buddy? That's what I'm going to do to you. Huh. You're going to be out there and they're going to be picking on your bones and picking on your eyes. It's going to be a bad day for you, buddy, because that's what's going to take place because you have defied Almighty God. <laughs> but you know, I got to look in another word there in verse number 46. You see that word, that word deliver? That's the Hebrew word, sagar. <laughs> I about shouted when I, saw, when I looked up the meaning of that word. That means to shut up. He said, I'm going to just tell you what, God's going to shut your mouth. You've been running your mouth for 40 days out here, defying the armies of God, uh, defying God, and God is going to deliver you. He's going to shut your mouth and deliver you into my hands, and it's going to be a bad day for you, buddy. <laughs> and, all this, and, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. You know, we need to remember that too. The battle's God's. He just uses us. And if we'll be used, God will get the victory through us. We need to realize God's in control. And it came to pass when the Philistine rose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Boy, he didn't take off and run back the other way. He took off straight for him. He said, all right, come on, buddy. We got, I got this. We're going to take care of you, you big mouth rascal. <laughs> And David put his hand in his bag. Here's the next point. And took thence a stone, that stone that was positioned, that stone that was picked. He took thence a stone and slang it. I like that word. Slang it. That sounds like a redneck word, don't it? Man, he just slang that thing. <laughs> Isn't that good? I got to look it up that word. Yeah, it would do everybody good if you get you a strong concordance. And really see what these words... That word slang means to put a curb on it. <laughs> he put the curb ball on him. You know, that old, that old uh, giant was standing there. He thought, well, yeah, he, he's sitting there slinging that thing. Yeah, he's going to throw that little rock at me. I'll be able to dodge that rock. He couldn't, he couldn't do that with that curb ball. <laughs> he threw that thing around him. 
<laughs> hey, that was better than one of them uh, uh, ballistic missiles with, with a GPS on it. Look what it said. He slang it. He put the curve on it, and he smote the Philistine in his forehead. That thing went around there. That guided missile. David could not miss. And, you know, I got to wondering about that. How in the world is a little ruddy teenager... I mean, that's why he's 15, 16 years old, something like that, little fella. And he had that sling. Not a sling shot like what we, you know, we pull that thing back, boy, I can aim that thing, and boom. That's not what he had. It was just a piece of leather. And he'd fold that thing up and put the rock down in it, and he'd swing that thing around like that and let one end loose of the piece of leather thong, and that rock would go out there. How in the world, Brother James, do you aim something like that? I mean, you just... Throw in a general direction and hope you hit something. But that's not, I believe that as David was winding that thing up, one of them great big old angels had his arm and he was, he was doing it like that. And that angel had that one eye closed. He said, we're going to get that boy. He said, we're going to get him. He said, I'm going to put the curve on it and he ain't going to be able to dodge it. And I'm going to put the GPS on it and it's going to meet the target. It's gonna, I'm going to get target locked. Poof, throw that thing out there. Hit him in the forehead. Got target lock, amen. You know, the devil is going to try his very best to defeat us, but I'm so thankful that we can go and get our offensive weapon. Hey, you know, the, the Lord Jesus is the living word. And this word of God is, is referred to as a rock, a fortress, our high time. Hey, and, and we can let her, let her fly. It was projected. It was positioned. It was picked. It was projected. He slang that thing out there. It was powerful because it sunk. Look, it said it stone sunk into his forehead. It didn't bounce off. It didn't just graze him. That thing busted him right between the eyes. Pop! Did. It didn't just make a little dent there. It said it sunk into his forehead. And you know, I guarantee you that a nine foot, six inch big old giant has got a Thick skull, hard-headed rascal. But when, <laughs> oh, but when God's behind it, when God's helping project it, you know it'll never return void. Boy, it'll do that which it was uh, assigned to do. And that rock hit him right between the eyes, and it penetrated. It was powerful. That's the next point. It penetrated, sunk into his forehead, and look what it says. And it fell upon his face. Now. I thought that was a little unusual too, Brother James. If, if you know anything about trajectory, about uh, uh, firearms or, or anything like that, you know if, if you shoot something, that it's got that forward motion, and if it hits a target, that target is going to continue in that forward motion. And if you would think with all that power behind that rock that was positioned and picked and projected and it penetrated, you would think with all that power that that would have flipped that old giant off his feet. It would have just thrown him backwards and his feet would have went up in the air and he'd come down on his back. But that ain't what happened. It said he fell upon his face to the earth. Now, I... I, I guess I have an imagination that I, I like to think and, and say, well, let's see, what could have happened? Well, I don't know. One day we'll get to glory, we get to ask. But here's what I like to think. Whether it's right, I don't know. But 
I, I can just imagine one of them big old angels. The same one that swung his arm around there. The same one that was giving him power to, 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 sling, to slang that stone. I, I imagine that same old uh, uh, angel walked around there behind that old giant. Okay, I'm, I'm going to be the hind catcher. Go, oh, mom, mom. <laughs> and it, he did it fast. I mean, you know, he slung it and then got around there. And, he, and when that thing popped in between the eyes, he didn't let him go backwards. He said, pow, just popped him on the back of the head, just knocked him down. <laughs> I don't know if that's what happened, but he did. He went down on his face. I mean, that thing penetrated. It had some power. And then look what it happened in verse number 15. So David prevailed. David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in, his, in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. The old devil will try his very best to intimidate us, to make us afraid to make us run, to make us back up, to make us compromise, to make us to the point where we won't do anything. Well, I'm just scared. I'm scared. You know, that's why we, we talk. Y'all talk like that up there. We're scared. Yeah, we down here, we get scared. And uh, there's no need to be scared. Paul told Timothy, told, uh, Timothy that time, he said, God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and a sound mind. And uh, we don't need to be afraid of the devil. We don't need to be afraid of that crowd. We don't need to be afraid of the giants in our life, whatever they may be. You know, there, there's many things that, uh, that we uh, face in our life. They may be a financial giant. It may be a physical giant. It may be a family giant. There's a whole lot of things we face. And say, so, Lord, I don't know how in the world I'm going to get past this. I don't know how I'm going to have victory over this. God has a stone. God has what we need. If we'll just keep our eyes on Him, if we'll just trust Him, if we'll just serve Him with all our heart, if we'll just stand for Him, if we won't back up, if we won't compromise, if we'll just keep on keeping on, God will give the victory. But I'm afraid what's happened in America is we hadn't went down to the brook. We hadn't looked for the stone. We hadn't Ask God for help. We've tried to do it on our own strength. And you see where we're at. We need a stone. We need this precious Word of God. We need the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to stand for Him in these last... David, just a little old feller. But look how God used him. Now, anybody in that day, they would have looked, his foot, looked at him and thought, there's no way in this world he's going to whoop that old giant. But with God, he did. And with God, we can have victory as well. But the stones that God gives us, the tools, the help, the grace, whatever it may be, it's got to be put in action. How many times do we just sit back on the pew and do nothing and wait on somebody else to do something? We need to step up and stand for Him and get the stone that God has for us. You know that right there fits my right hand? 
and it fits my left hand perfectly. But it also fits my heart. God's given us everything we need right there. If we'll just use it, put it in action, and America would see a change. And until that, we'll just continually go down the tubes. I mean, it gets worse every day. I mean, they, they installed uh, the, the one that's in charge of our military, our army, is an open homosexual. I mean, it just, it, don't, it just seems like it gets worse every day. We just need to get our stones and stand and say, this ain't going to happen no more. When's the last time you asked God to use you? When's the last time you went to the Word of God and said, Lord, I need some help. I need something that I can use to fight the battle, whatever that battle may be. When's the last time you asked God? I think we just need to get back to Him. Get back to His Word and find a stone that He has for us.